Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have machine learning expert Monty Barlow. This is Technotopia. Hello, all. It's John Biggs from Technotopia. I'm talking to small business owners right now. It's time to be honest about how we feel when dealing with our day-to-day admin work. We cannot stand it. It is a total grind. The truth is, over 5 million small business owners felt exactly the same way until they discovered FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the dead simple cloud accounting software that's transforming how small business owners handle their paperwork. Using FreshBooks, you can create an invoice in 30 seconds. There's no formulas or formatting, just perfectly crafted invoices. With FreshBooks Online Payments, your clients can pay you online, which means you end up getting paid faster. There's also a super handy deposit feature. You can invoice for a payment upfront when you're kicking off a project. And finally, FreshBooks can even show you whether or not a client has looked at the invoice that you've emailed. This is only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do for you, and you owe it to yourself to feel the full effect of FreshBooks on you and your small business. For a 30-day free trial, just go to freshbooks.com tech and enter Technotopia in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Technotopia, a podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Monty Barlow. He's Director of Machine Learning at Cambridge Consultants. Uh, welcome, Monty. Thank you, John. Very pleased to join you. Yeah, so this is uh, this is fascinating. So I don't want to spoil it for everybody. I think I'm going to let you go for it. You guys are showing off some, some uh, interesting stuff at CES this year, right? Absolutely, yeah. Should I, I tell you about those? I, I, I guess so, or maybe we'll just make everybody go to CES, but I don't think anybody wants to do that, so let's just do it on the, on the program. Sure. Okay, so I, as you said, I work at Cambridge Consultants, mm-hmm. um, and what we do most of the time is technology development, um, using the latest technology to solve technical problems that um, companies have, a product, a service, a system, something like that. Typically, that involves quite strategic change um, in their fortunes. They're doing something big um, or different or usually pretty difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, That means we're working with all the latest technologies in general and, of course, machine learning, artificial intelligence um, together form one of those very latest, most rapidly changing and exciting areas. So at CES, we're showing a couple of um, demonstrations that involve cutting-edge machine learning technology but have a a human reason, if you like, why we're why we're doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll summarise them in brief, and then you know, sort of very happy to go into a little bit more sure. details. Um, the first one is called Accent, and um, when you when you use the demo, you you speak a sentence into it, and it attempts to assess whether you have a American or a British accent. That in itself is not highly novel there are systems that can do that what's interesting in this case is it can um, show you a visualization of what you've said and explain which bits of your speech led it to the conclusion Hmm. Um, go into a little bit more you know detail in a moment but this is all around trying to understand why ai is making the judgments or the decisions it is because otherwise it can be a quite uncomfortable black box to people Hmm. interesting so the so I would be able to, and it's and it's primarily just a uh, English accent versus a versus an American accent, right? That's what it's been trained on. The technology could do um, almost anything else, but in this case, it's those two accents. 
Give me a give me an example of when when <laughs> when our computers are going to need to know that is is it going to am I going to be calling into a Brit British Airways and if it knows I'm from England it's going to be nicer to me or what's the what's the situation? I think there's a good chance that based <laughs> on your accents it's going to change what it says to you. Interesting. It's going to use local language. Um, it's probably going to say sorry a lot if it thinks you're British. Mm -hmm. um, you know, perhaps um, be be more chatty, or if it thinks you're American, I think that's very likely. Interesting. Okay, that's a great uh, that's a great group of stereotypes too. That's absolutely <laughs> the Brits. The Brits say sorry a lot, and the Americans won't shut up, which is absolutely true. Uh, okay, so this is. What what does it take? What does it take? So a lot of people are talking about machine learning. I've, I've seen about fifty thousand startups so far. Everybody's got a machine learning bent, and for I'm a programmer at heart, so it seems like it's just a bunch of if then loops, um, uh, if then uh, statements. So what is machine learning at its core, and that what what tools are you guys learning to build out something like this? Sure, I think what's particularly interesting in machine learning and what is driving the state of the art in in artificial intelligence forwards is all around deep learning currently. Um, the heart of that, the um, neural network has been around for decades, but people have only really started to make it work properly in the last 10 years. And the difference between that and conventional programming, as you mentioned, is that you um, actually you're not programming these sort of ifs and whens. Mm -hmm. You're instead giving it data um, over and over again in some cases and it's learning to um, work with that data, to work out the differences and similarities in it, and to do something sensible with it. And the one of the things that most scares people about AI is that you don't know why it does what it does. It's like cutting a cube out of somebody's brain and looking mm -hmm. at it under the microscope and saying, I want to know why they enjoy listening to Mozart. That's a really difficult thing to do. So that's an interesting statement. A, a lot of people, a lot of people say this, and I think I, I kind of have the concept. Uh, but what does what does the data look like um, to a human? What, is it is it gibberish? Is it code? Is it pseudocode? Is it something that that a human could read and just can't get, or is it something that is just unavailable to us because it's all written in a written in its own neural network or something? It's pretty difficult to look at. So the the data going in, you know, if it were photos, would be a set of numbers that you could you could go through carefully and work out which ones are red, green, and blue, and so on. That, that the the data it's looking at would have some meaning to you, but what it's doing inside is, um, as it learns, as you give it data and it makes good or bad judgments, it's adjusting the strength of connections between neurons the whole time, just as a human brain does. So the problem is, it it looks approximately the same after training as before training, but buried in those magic connection strengths and other numbers it's found of its own means, you know, there could be 200 million of them in the sort of demos we're showing, somehow encoded in those numbers is its understanding of music or its understanding of brainwaves or whatever it is we've taught it to, to mm -hmm. process. Now I'm sure this is where we're we're going back to we're going back to cybernetics and all this other crazy stuff back in the 40s and 50s. Um, but is this is the neural network um, system is the idea of the neural network of of uh, neurons firing and 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 energizing each other and uh, strengthening each other? 
why do we have to use that model for this? Or is that just an easy way to explain what we're doing? If that makes any sense. It, why, it, sure. I mean, it, what, it, why, why are we using the brain model that we've, that we've come to understand over the past 50 years, I suppose, uh, in this situation? Is it just because we haven't found a, a better opportunity? I think it's easy to overstate the similarity between an artificial sure. neural network and the brain. There's a real temptation to believe they learn the same way. There's no doubt some original inspiration. Um, and there is you know, a set of fields that are about very accurately trying to model how the brain works, you know, very accurate models of the biology and, and neurochemistry in the belief that if we can get that right, we'll get ever more intelligent or, or powerful systems. But actually, the type of neural network and, and, and similar technology we work with, with deep learning is very digital and in some ways very basic. It gets the job done. Um, in a very digital and simple way. Hmm. Okay. So the so the the elegance of the brain isn't even mapped isn't even mapped one to one to to the tools that you guys are using, right? There's a agreed. Mm -hmm. I think you can say an entire microprocessor would struggle to properly emulate one neuron in the brain, but it doesn't need to. What happened around 2006 um, with Jeff Hinton and his team, they, they first got large neural networks training without billions and billions of examples. Um, and it's from that point on that the, the kind of modern deep neural network um, has been practical. Um, but just as we thought we'd got um, a handle on those, they got very good at, you'll have heard this, classifying you know, cats from dogs and all of these examples that mm -hmm. perhaps don't seem terribly useful. In the real world, a whole new way of connecting these things together has come about. Um, and that's what we show in our other demonstration, Vincent at CES. Um, okay. Yeah, tell us about Vincent a little bit. So Vincent, um, when you use the demo, you draw an outline with a stylus on a graphics tablet, um, and it produces a, a colorful masterpiece with paint marks and texture um, based on your outline. Mm -hmm. And there have been many artificial intelligence and, and dumber systems that produce paintings over the years. But what's interesting is how Vincent came to have the power it has. So it was simply given 8,000 pieces of artwork and a total of seven different neural networks learned to initially forge those artworks, reproduce them by trial and error, judge them, and like a team of humans sitting there practicing and criticizing each other and all getting better in the process, it got to the point where it could draw the edges on you know, Van Gogh's sunflowers and then reproduce the picture quite well from those edges. And once it's done that, a human can come and draw something and it can invent an entire picture and that kind of it's putting the power of previous human artists at your disposal it's working with you it's not judging or categorizing what you draw it's being quite creative but that's new technology that doesn't fit the mold we're accustomed to with the usual classifying and, and judging that you get with with machine learning okay so this yeah this is interesting so 
are we headed towards a future where computers replace us in any specific ways that you could see uh, looking down the pike? Uh, or are they going to continuously augment us? Uh, you could argue that um, that Vincent is a, is a creative companion, I guess you could say. But it still needs some sort of input. I suppose it could sit there and make its own crazy drawings, but it doesn't know why it wants to draw. Um, sure. I think this is the really interesting thing with artificial intelligence. No matter what we seem to achieve, the goalpost, as we might say, always seems further in the distance. Um, I personally like looking over time, over the decades, at what was considered to be quintessentially intelligent at a given time. And for a long time, the belief was if you could play chess, mm-hmm. you, know, you would be human-level intelligence. Um, it turned out that although that's a good problem to tackle it's by no means insoluble a a machine can do it in fact it can do it in a fairly brute force and dumb way Um, after that you might have said well driving you know that involves human reactions and complex visual systems well that's going to um, be done by machines even detecting emotions um, you know, is somebody lying? Are they uncomfortable from their face or the way they talk? Machines are often now better at that, especially with a stranger, than another human being is. So all the things we think of as quintessentially human are being peeled away, but none of the systems that we're building are still generally intelligent. Mm-hmm. If Vincent draws pictures it draws them in an amazing way and there's no way as a programmer you or i really could conceive of writing software to do that but it's not going to play chess it's not going to drive a car it's none of these other things um so we're good at patting ourselves on the back good at saying look at what we've achieved and you know came's consultants as a whole definitely believes that ai is going to change upsets cause opportunities in pretty much every market that we touch but that doesn't mean it's replacing humans it'll be like steam software silicon chips all these revolutions that have gone before it'll create jobs it will of course destroy jobs but i don't see it replacing humans anytime soon is that a is that a good thing or a bad thing I think it's a good thing. <laughs> okay. I think there's there's more for us engineers to invent. I, I don't want to get to the point there's nothing left to invent because a machine can do it for me. So I don't want to be replaced as an engineer. Okay. I don't really see why anyone should want to be replaced in anything else. Um, but it is possible that you know the expertise of a um, you know, an expert doctor can at least help more people. Yeah, mm-hmm. An artificial intelligence system can perhaps stop the doctor's time being wasted by handling the easy questions or, or providing them a tool. I mean, you might say Vincent isn't a useful tool, but if I commissioned you to draw one million pictures for hotel walls around the world, you'd probably be quite glad of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it could expand your artistic genius by a, a factor of a thousand or a million um, in the same way. Um, support systems will be able to enable one expert pathologist or one expert car mechanic or whatever to achieve more. Interesting. Yeah, you'd have a you'd have an automatic assistant, uh, just like Da Vinci and uh, and all those guys with their workshops. They would have uh, absolutely. They would have artists who did work for them, and uh, and this is exactly the same sort of situation. 
but it's this... still not really creating. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you're making a million of them as opposed to two or three. Yeah. Fascinating. What does uh, what does our what do our lives look like in uh, in twenty years, uh, given everything that you know about what's happening now? Uh, I know it's a broad I... question, but I think I think if, if take take it from a take it from a waking up in the morning uh, viewpoint or getting a job done or doing anything. Sure. Um, came cells we look in a few particular markets so you can you can think about the kind of wellness and um, medical and healthcare side of things um, you know you will have things in your body that are going to know when stuff is breaking or failing a lot earlier than it is you know there'll be a lot better um, model of your health over time and what needs to be fixed and how to fix it from a just normal person working, waking up in the morning, um, you're just going to interact with technology in a more seamless and I hope less annoying way, but it'll be ever more important and continuous. Um, it'll be um, agents, systems behind the scenes that are helping you work your day out, work out where to go, where to go what to do, you know, who your perfect date might be, perhaps suggesting things you would like to eat and this won't be dumb advertising just based upon where you live or something this could be down to um the, the makeup of your blood at that time being sensed or um how you're behaving uh, i think it'll be an, an exciting time it's really difficult you've you've chosen the perfect time 20 years it's really hard to think out that far um does that answer your question i think so i mean it's it seems it seems like we're it seems like as, as opposed to a unified intelligence, we're going to have a our worker worker army, uh, worker ant army, right? So it sounds like one system's going to be watching our blood, one system's going to be watching our our bones, the other system's going to be watching our sleep, another system's going to be watching us as we drive or, or drives us, etc. And then the, the the currency is going to be the communication that that allows. Just as we leave traces in the physical world, we're going to leave digital traces between these various systems that that, uh, that are communicating on our behalf. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and complex um, possibilities will arise from all that information combined. There'll be things we can't possibly dream of yet. I don't think we're going to be bowing to a single and omnipotent AI overlord, for example, in that period. As you say, it's you going hope. to be bits and pieces around. I, I hope. Um, you know, I, I don't think we speak about AI winters. You know, those who've kept um, a track on this area for decades mm -hmm. know that it's promised, overpromised, and failed repeatedly. At least twice, it's gone into real sort of funding cuts and failure. I don't think it's going to this time. I think it's going to become all pervasive, all around us, touch every part of our life. But equally well, I don't think we're heading very quickly towards that superintelligence. I see no sign of it. All right. Excellent. Where can folks uh, see some uh, Vincent and, uh, and the other one working? Um, so that'll be running at our um, booth at CES, Cambridge Consultants um, booth. Um, more information at cambridgeconsultants.com as well. All right, Monty, thank you very much. Hopefully we don't have to bow down before a over uh, super intelligent AI anytime soon. And then if thank we do, you, we'll blame you, I think, right? Absolutely. Okay, thank you, Monty. Thanks, John. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot.
Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top-secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com